topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Welcome to Success Secrets Exposed with Sally A. Curtis, where we share stories of challenge, success, and inspiration, along with practical tips and strategies to move you forward to your success. And now, here is your host, Sally A. Curtis. Good evening, good morning, and welcome to you all. It's great to have another episode of Success Secrets Exposed and share with you today. Today, we're going to be talking about finding the way home, which is actually a roadmap for unlocking full human potential. So it's going to be a very interesting and very thought-provoking episode for you today. So for those that are new to the show, I'm a content repurposing whiz. I work with brilliant individuals to help them leverage their intellectual property to engage and entice their audience through the power of visually emotive uh, images, etc. I'm best known for turning books into two years worth of social media posts. This helps us create a library of reusable, profitable and brand assets that help to amplify the impact of our clients because they actually connect with their audience, they stand out, their message is heard and of course they get to reach more people with ease. But more importantly, let me share you a little bit with you about our guest today, Peter Tran. Now, he is actually a macroeconomist, a strategist specialising in predicting financial crisis and identifying changes in the market. He's actually written several books, one, The Investment Blueprint, and the one we're going to talk be talking about today, Finding the Way Home. Now, this was originally inspired as a gift for his daughter. Um, as he just shared with me, it was a gift of what he classifies and is very, uh, very relevant, real wealth about life in general. Now, that vision of inspiring his daughter and giving a legacy piece to his daughter uh, increased and become a, became a, ve- a vision uh, to elevating humanity in general. It's a vision for a world filled with love, collaboration, opportunity, and understanding. A place where we can actually work together to create solutions, overcome common challenges, and a place filled with warmth, that warmth of the human spirit. A world in which nature flourishes in abundance, and a world in which the human essence blossoms. So finding your way home helps provide a clear and decisive roadmap that lays the foundation for profound transformation, giving us all the opportunity to have endless new positive possibilities. So please help me welcome to the show, Peter Tran. Oh, thank you, Sally, for this beautiful introduction. You're very welcome. <laughs> I know from when we very, very, very first spoke, which um, seems like a long time ago now, considering how fast this year has gone, um, how I found you to be so um, very, very inspiring with this journey and this sharing that you've um, that you've begun a quest a, a quest with, I suppose. So, can you share a little bit of the a bit of of, of your, I suppose, backstory as it relates to why this book, perhaps why the two books that you've um, 
that you've authored um, and how that relates to your daughter and um, her friends as you were sharing with me before. Well, absolutely. It's a bit complicated story, but I'll yeah. walk you through the journey. So uh, I know the two books is a little bit contrast each other, but there are mm. a clear relationship between the first book is my first journey. I mean, the uh, journey inwardly and spiritual is started very early age for me. I guess even around six or seven, I was very sensitive to human suffering. Mm. And I would, I have this keen awareness of my surrounding and living in the communist country in Vietnam. You know, so I see a lot of human suffering and being a refugee myself, I went to enduring that long journey as well. Mm. So, and this book is simply a, a, a long journey of inward of how to solve human suffering that I mm. also suffer personally as well, like all of us. Yeah. You know, and 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 it, it just for some reason intuitively inside of me, I always knew there is a solution. And my initial uh, naive way of thinking was, I asked my mom when I was six or seven that I. If I could be a monk, you know, I thought it would be the path for me to help human suffering. Mm. And, and thankfully, she said no. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that's his, uh, and then go to this. And then then, then after that, I, I get quite lost because I have this that, that inner calling for me that I, I knew I would here on earth to do something for humanity. Very early, I was so aware of it. You know, three or four, I knew I would, I would not born just to live. You know, I would want to do something, but I didn't know exactly what is it. But suffering, I thought, would be the path. And see, my mom say no, and I was frustrated and lost for a long time. Uh, I have this immense uh, feeling in calling, in the calling, you know. And yet, outwardly, I didn't know what to do. You know, <laughs> what yeah, is yeah. in my path? And I think my sophomore year in college, and then I, uh, a friend of mine, she was complaining about uh, economic class. Mm. And I was a physical math student, and um, I thought, wait, okay, let me take this class, see if I can help her. How difficult can it be, you know? Mm-hmm. For some reason, uh, my professor always discussed about economic crisis. And this intrigued me, and he keep mentioning this statement that uh, nobody can predict financial crisis. Mm. And being a physical math student, you know, I mean, we love to tackle big problem, you know, by yeah. by nature and training, you know. Mm. And, and it just happened by divide, I guess. My roommate uh, was a business student, and he had a book on financial crisis history sitting idly on the bookshelf. So I asked Alberto, can I borrow this book to read? He said, yeah, I don't read them, you know. So, yeah. uh, so I said, okay, it's fine, you know. So I could read too quickly over the weekend. And I realized that the statement that my professor made was, it's not true. Mm. Because in reality, in physics, there's only two events that is not predictable. Is one, if an event happened instantaneously, which means there's no time to predict. Correct. Right? And yeah. then another event that is uh, 
is completely random, which is no pattern. There's no pattern. You cannot predict anything. And you know, reading to the financial crisis history, I say no, no, no. You know, these two events are not violated. You know, it takes a, uh, a long time for the uh, build up and a long time to unwinding the process. And there's a clear pattern of cycle, you know. Mm. And and equipped with that logic in mind, and I say that okay, this is a solvable problem, you know. Mm. It might not be easy, but the real motivation for me that was intellectual side of it, but the spiritual side of it, is that okay, now I find a path. Maybe I can predict this and help human suffering from economic sense, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then it took me. 20 year of, uh, of, of mastering that process, you know. Mm. In 2000, I predict this. And then 2007, I went to Wall Street. I also predict the crisis. Mm -hmm. I realized that, you know, what I predict, I don't really help people that much either <laughs> because no one listened to me, you know, because they think I'm. <laughs> and then, and then this book came about is because of me going to the deep hole of the money system. Mm. That, helped me really understand uh, the control mechanism mm. that leads to a lot of suffering. And mm. in this case, it's the money system itself. And it, and it helped me really put together the chapter three, what I call social viruses. You know? Yes. Yeah. So the, the two foundation that, that, that is the, I call them the, the, the photograph for all social viruses to mutate and grow is institutional religion and money system yeah. itself. Those are yeah. the two main things, you know. And religion, I figured out very early age, you know, because of my spiritual, I guess, I don't know, my private life or something. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. So very early age already, you know, that is something, you know, it's not correct and it doesn't make sense to me intuitively. Mm. By observation, of course, you know. You know, for instance, you know, the concept of God, you know, of uh, heaven and hell, you know. Mm. And then I reasoned it through and say, okay, what kind of God would create hell for the children, you know? Mm. And this concept is really uh, clear, make it more clear to me when my daughter come into my life, yeah. you know? And, 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 you know, now that I truly experience the unconditional love, it's mm. also taking me to God even more. Now I really know what unconditional love is by experience, not by theoretical, you know? So, yeah. 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 So, and then all along, these two books is simply, I have another secret. <laughs> Before my daughter come along, I have this, uh, the, the, the secretive uh, why I want to do these two books, because I was planning to, using my skill in finance to build school for orphan children. Mm -hmm. And these are the books that I want to create salvation, to create new uh, leadership, to change yeah. humanity. So that was my secret until my daughter come in and become for her. You see, become the catalyst for me to manifest even faster, you know. So yeah, yeah. there's anyone about my true intention with the two book from the beginning, you know. It was yeah. a long, long uh, seeding process, very, you know, for a long time I took note and have a yeah. vision of the two book that I want to write, you know. Yeah, I think you've touched on a couple of things there. I, I think that the gift that you were given with that, you know, that keen awareness and insight at a very, very 
uh, young age uh, in a lot of cases when you sort of when you're talking to other people that are having their you know their spiritual awakening or they're on their journey of spirituality that often starts much uh, or especially from what if I'm thinking about my friends and colleagues and that sort of thing it often starts uh, much later for us when we look back retrospectively I'm going to also uh, say there that there's often such children that you meet along your journey and I think the, the phrase we use here is oh that one's been around before e.g that they you can see that they've got this long um they've got a whole lot more wisdom beyond their years so you can sort of see these children like yourself um that were gifted with this you know this keen awareness and insight very very early that's um then you know spurs the spurs them on to have uh, such a profound impact on on the on the world and humanity as as you've certainly been doing over the last few years and i love that you brought in the door the the, uh, the daughter and um, and how um, that unconditional love because that is such a huge experience when you have children uh, for the first time and uh, with with children you really experience that unconditional love um, and you've also really talked about um, I think the patterns and the, the cycles as it relates to all of the work that you're doing encompassing uh, because you also talked about at having had that, um, you know, that keen awareness of suffering and, you know, wanting to create a solution so um, it, it, at, at such a young age and being driven by those cycles and patterns has obviously been able to, for you to see with much more keen insight and awareness, those things that are that are actually happening to others, that you know, when we're going on in our life and we're busy, we're sort of often oblivious to them. So being able to sort of see them with those keen eyes that you've had to be able to then um, articulate them and then bring them forward in the in these two books has been such a gift. So thank you for sharing some of that. Thank you. Yes, it's, it's, it's helped with the focusness, you know, and it's yeah. Yes. Yeah. Much looking at how the mind work and everything else that I lay out. That's part of my experience of learning and yeah, and observing. You know, these are the kind of thing that I uh, want to help my daughter and other people too. I think it's a very powerful book in terms of application. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Realistically, change their life, not just like okay, think positively, but then so what? You know, how are you going to yeah. change it? <laughs> Yeah, and that was, I think, too, when you are gifted with a, a journey or a quest um, such as this, um, how you're so well supported having your friend in college, just having to have that, you know, the book that he wasn't reading on um, the, the money system and the uh, the, the, the history of, uh, of it as well, you know, just perfectly timed that that was sitting there for you as well. Um, what I'd also um, just sort of moving more into the book because it is so incredibly profound um, and some of the key uh, talking points that we, we wanted to go through and to chat with today was, you know, understanding, I suppose, that I'm going to call it the fundamentals and you've sort of talked about that human essence um, and we touched on the uh, the purpose and the identity and, you know, knowing that we're here for more and often that doesn't come till much later for other, for individuals. But you talk about, um, I suppose, in Chapter 1, as it relates to, I'm going to use the term, remembering to be human. So talk us through some of your, at the fundamental operating as it relates to being human, that essence of being human, um, and 
I suppose, how you see that operating, because I'm sort of thinking there's going to be some systems or fundamentals in there that you can share with us. Sure, of course. And uh, yeah. can I take a little delay uh, related to the chapter one, two? I yeah. want to lay out the, uh, the roadmap of, uh, it's a little bit complicated. I think we will have part time reading the book too, but I'm going to put it together right now in mm -hmm. terms of uh, suffering, you know, and then related to how chapter one would solve the problem. So, so basically, the root cause of human suffering, I mean, there are many layers of suffering, the uh, cause of our suffering, and our suffering is immensely, and it's it happened on so many levels existing that we don't even know exactly what we're yeah. suffering from, you know? Yeah. It's overwhelming, you know, because this world is so negative, you know, or tilted to negative side of duality, you know, and getting more extreme. And for thousands of years, and we have no idea what we suffer too, you know? Mm. So I'm going to lay out the root cause of all suffering, and then I'll talk on two different layers of it. Mm. The first cause is basically we uh, heading in the wrong direction of reality. Mm. And, and this is related to uh, basically when we're heading in the wrong, we, we don't have the internal compass of, of, mm. of life, you know. And, and what exactly the inter in, in, internal compass of life, which is chapter one, basically, Cover that, uh, and your our internal compass of life uh, constitute three things: our human essence, mm -hmm. and our human purpose, mm. and our human identity. You know that would become our. You can say that from the computer term operating nature, which I will relate it to that later. You know how we are. Mm -hmm. You know, so. And if we don't know those three things clearly, then we don't know what direction of reality we're going to, you know, and yeah. it might make us vulnerable to accept uh, wrong belief and dogma and keep leading in the wrong direction of reality. And, and if you are, if we are heading into wrong direction of reality, it doesn't matter whether we turn left or right, we're still way wrong, you know? Yeah. And, and, eventually, and then eventually it's only leading us further, further away from our reality. And this is why I named this book purposely called fighting the way home. Mm. The way home is finding the right direction of reality. It's the first order of business. Mm. Okay. And, and how does it impact into suffering is, is that uh, when we are in the wrong direction of reality, what it does is that it, it creates, it systematically degrades our consciousness and disconnect us from what I call in the book is the fiber of life. And what exactly mm -hmm. the fight of life? The fight of life is simply our relationship with ourselves and external world. Mm -hmm. And external world is comprised of family, you know, uh, friend, you know, human nature in generally, and, and, and animal and nature and creator, you know. Those mm -hmm. are so we can you can you can call it triangulation, you know. Is it ourselves? We disconnect from ourselves first, and then we mm -hmm. disconnect family and then from creator you know yeah so that was the in nature of self and even we can observe this in reality right now that's what we suffer from you know we suffer from because we constantly disconnect further and further from that yeah through uh, the effect of our lower conscious level you know yeah and and, and then and the more strange of the fiber of life we disconnect the deeper our suffering and, and, there, and then our suffering is, uh, there are four paths to our suffering. Uh, the first one is our spiritual 
suffering, mm -hmm. which most don't know what we suffer from. You know the uh, the mental suffering. I think a lot of people know about that. You know, and yeah. our emotional suffering and physical yeah. suffering. Yeah. And those are the uh, the more four main characterization. You know, so in mm. fighting the way home, I mean, the human essence would help us first to get back to that. So, what exactly human essence? Uh, we ask someone, what what are we a human being? You know, so in the book, I call them the gift of life. And our first human essence is basically we create our love. Mm -hmm. Okay, stay nice, you know. I mean, Bible, everyone say that. Yeah. What does it really mean translate into application-wise? Right. Yeah. What it really mean is that for practical purpose, that means that uh, we our basic biological computer here, I mean, another human essence, it's not a given that we are a biological computer and programmer yeah. at once. Okay, yeah. and this computer right here is run on positive love energy, right? Mm. Can we prove that? Of course we can prove that, right? When we're depressed, this thing doesn't work, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, we break down and, you know, I mean, this thing, it just doesn't function, you know? But when we are full of love and deep and creative, we, we can create magic, mm. right? Mm. So basically, this computer runs on positive energy, yeah. which is love in this sense. So that's it's the gift. Right, another gift that we have is uh, another essence of our existence is that we live in the world of duality. That means that the world that we live in is also have both contrast, positive and negative energy, fear and love, mm. right? And and we have many misconceptions that in order for us to be happy, we have to get rid of the negative sign, which you can't, you know, which is an illusion, you know. Yeah. And the secret is that we have to learn to evolve and balance and transcend beyond duality. That's what perf that's how you can, you know, raising up your happiness to the ultimate level is transcend duality. Yeah. 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 And that's is, you know, and then another human essence is free will and conscious thinking, you know. Yes. Yeah. And how does that impact us our life? What does it really mean in terms of application? Uh, at the creative being the imply is implied that when we create something new, right, that means we have to take risks. We take risks? We have to take risks, calculated yeah. risks, right? Because yeah. it, it created means you have to create something new that you take risks, right? Yeah. And along the way, you have to make mistake too, right? So mm. risk and mistake are an inherent part of our natural existence. Yeah. And yet our uh, culture and everyone now always make us fearful, you know, and when we mm. fear, we not live up to our potential, you know, mm. it unlock our potential. Yeah. So you can see the connection there. So understand yeah. though, that if you know that we are, if you know that we are up in nature, you know, we need positive energy, cultivate that. We need to take risks, right? And we, we need to embrace making mistakes, right? And then duality yeah. is simply part of our reality in this world, you know, you cannot mm. escape, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and, then, and then we are a biological computer and programmer in one, you know, and we, we have to learn how to use the computer, you know. If I'm giving someone a computer they want to use, it's a waste of time, so that we, you know. Yeah, I, and I love that. Um, I'm just going to say uh, in the book when you talk about uh, social viruses and the mind and you sort of uh, you're sharing about that whole the whole fact that we are that biological computer and you know we are the programmer of our own programmer sorry of our own computer as well and how to sort of um, 
work with, you know, educating the brain and um, I suppose revealing uh, and allowing and embracing those, you know, taking the risks um, as well as making mistakes because there was one element, um, I think it's in... I think it might have been in chapter four when you were talking about uh, it was around um, uh, when you were talking around love and you were talking about false and real programs, which is what you were just touching on uh, there as it relates to it. Because we, uh, we often are very fearful and uh, fear is a word that people are very uh, familiar with. But um, also, as it re was relating in that chapter, you were taught, I've just I've written the words down and these were the words that I chose, but there was a number of them. Uh, courage. Uh, independence, empathy, and something that I really loved through reading and um, sort of having conversations with you is that uh, I'm going to call it self-reflection, but that, you know, that inward journey to magnify the external continuation of that journey. Yes. So, yeah, just, oh, sorry, I didn't want to interrupt, but I just really wanted to uh, uh, sort of em em emphasise that biological computer concept um, and how you've talked about programming it, uh, and, and the, there is, as you said, there's very um, practical um, tips and strategies to actually help people do that. Um, but I love the way that you actually started and, uh, and framed it, that it all starts with that that component of love and then, um, you know, what the, the real programs are. So I'll let you continue. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, what you mentioned, I think I did the uh, comparison between the four belief was it the uh, natural belief which is our operating nature and well, mm. that is the uh, i think that table is a, a little bit taking the concept of essence into more practical terms you know like courage mm. you know, compared with fear you know mm. and then perfection versus uh harmonization you know so we know it, so I, I lay out the list so we will know exactly in terms of how to use them you know mm. yeah. And I think, too, you've just actually highlighted something there for me, too. When you're actually looking um, at that table or that list or those words, you can actually feel in your body the resistance when you're sort of reading the, the and I only wrote the word fear down because that was enough for me. But that, you know, when you look at those words that are that are the non-real and then you look at the words that feel more real, that feel more opportunistic and uh, free-flowing, there's actually a different sense because, as you said, harmonising and, and courage um, and uh, independence and empathy, they all feel uh, very different to, to the other words. And I think that's part of the evolution process is uh, bringing yeah, more yeah, of that to yeah, the world. No, yeah, because no word is resonate with our human essence, you know, so we don't resist yeah. something that we resonate with, you know. Yeah. Like fear, we don't resonate with them, you know. It doesn't, you know, we're just like, oh, you know. It's yeah, something that come naturally to us. We feel it immediately, you know. Yeah. So that's how you can test it out, you know, into what do we call intuition, you know. Yeah. So the word is it resonates with our human essence. It, it, it flow in naturally without effortless, you know. <laughs> that's what you're mm. Yeah. Mm, great explanation. Because a lot of people actually do say from a reflective point of view, I, you know, I should trust my intuition a little bit more, especially when you haven't done it. And I think we've all had those uh, those moments where you've had that little flash. I had one the other day that said, you just go and check such and such. And I didn't go and check it. And then I should have done because it went wrong. So we do have those 
those little moments. And I think the more that you accept and appreciate and acknowledge them, the more you actually have. So this is part of that resonance and things that you're talking about and um, the intelligence that the body body has being a biological computer. Yeah, and, and this is the issue that I think we don't listen to our uh, intuition, number one, because we didn't know mm. <laughs> about it. We don't have an intellectual understanding of, you know, our operating nature. Yeah. And then we don't understand the social virus and how the mind works, you know. And because we have so much negative social virus happen in our mind, and mm. we don't know whether our intuition originates from this or from the heart, you know. Yeah, you well see, said. We conscious you know, sometimes you can be tricked by your subconscious uh, into, uh, thinking, you know, you think an intuition, you know, but mm. until you really understood the whole mechanic of your mind, how it worked it, between the conscious mind and subconscious mind, how is create our reality and influence us, you know, then, mm. and then combine with understanding our human essence and identity and purpose, then we can distinguish between whether it's a real intuition or it's just a fake one, of course, again, you yeah. Know? Yeah. And this is where because we are so we have so many wrong intuition and we go back into the fear again, you know. We did one wrong and then the fear between, you know, mm. prevent us from utilizing it. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, um somebody expressed it the other day to me that when we're uh when we feed the monkey, and we'll just call fear the monkey at the moment, when we feed the monkey, he becomes more active, e.g. if you acknowledge him and sort of um tend to listen to him a little bit more, he becomes much more active. But if you sort of ignore him and sort of uh, work, have the ability to work out what's the truth and what's not the truth, you actually start to sort of almost starve that monkey and, and start to uh, be more aligned with your own essence, um, the real, the truthful, the true essence. Yes, you know? absolutely. You know, it's a, it's a complicated process, but it's uh, doable, you know. It's a, <laughs> You know, it's a, there's, there's one unique book about this. I took the concept from what I did in financial crisis, you know, very practical mm. and systematic, you know, uh, create solution, not just theoretical, you know. Yeah. And I think for me that's um, been, um, you, you've just nailed something else there for me. You've actually utilised the, from from the financial cycles perspective and, and being able to see those patterns and cycles, you've the ability to be able to marry that over to how we operate, uh, even on that spiritual, on that spiritual level and from that intuition, because you can see patterns. Um, and I, that's just resonated really strongly with me because it wasn't until I started to be more financially aware in my life but in my businesses as well over the last sort of eight or nine years that I actually could start to see success patterns in my own life where I have actually, you know, moved forward through fear because I can, I've worked out to you know, almost trick my monkey and sort of, you know, sidestep him and, you know, get onto that uh, purposeful um path um so a lot of that is um comes back to i suppose programming doesn't it but it's understanding um those methodologies in a very practical way that we can continue to to evolve as humans yeah absolutely because uh, uh involving with solving financial crisis i have to use more conscious mind rather mm. than subconscious mind subconscious mind is not a thinking mind you know it's a reactionary that's emotional mm. reaction it's a monkey that what you call it, you know subconscious yeah. mind it doesn't it doesn't think it just react. It's very powerful, but just react where the conscious yeah. mind, thinking mind, you know, and uh, because many of us have been, you know, because the social virus lock us in low consciousness, we don't use our conscious mind much, you know, we mm. typically 
be passive and reactive emotionally, you know, mm. and then to keep us in the low conscious orbit of the low consciousness, you know, and, and mm. because I am also aware and I would luckily, I guess by divine leading me to this solving financial crisis, I exercise a lot of the conscious thinking and become my nature, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very help. But now I go the other, the other way. Now I would that was too much thinking. Now I have to balance that with my feeling. You know? yeah. <laughs> yes. But uh, but isn't it beautiful how you've been able to do that and actually can now have those com those, you know, very balanced conversations. Um, and I can imagine that's how you've been able to really connect with your daughter um, in that manner and, and share these wisdoms that you've been able to share with her and the fact that the, her friends, as you said originally, and now um, sort of obviously getting it out to the world as well. well thank you. Yeah. Actually, the two books are kind of related. You know, uh, the first book, The Investment Blueprint, is like the left brain, you know, the thinking, you know, mm. and this book is about the heart, you know. Yeah. I, I'm using the harmonization technique, you know, to put them two together. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so which is where you can look at it that way. Yeah. Mm, mm, yeah, very much so. So actually, just on that note of uh, of those two books and that harmonising nature, um, and we've talked about the, I suppose, some of the roadblocks that come up uh, from a thinking perspective and a fear perspective. What are some of the the first, um, I suppose, some of the things that you actually notice uh, with people uh, when this when they're going through this process of self-reflection have you seen sort of um, or been able to sort of witness some of the transformations or some of their aha moments where they've had a realization and been able to share that back with you as well oh yes i have uh i guess uh yeah. my co-author you know uh from the book is uh Danish. Mm. yes uh, Danish, yeah. yes uh, uh initially he went more into into the finance and he went on a journey of uh awakening mm -hmm. uh, i'm very observing and I, I know the concept that you know when the uh when the student ready then you teach them. if they're not you don't teach yeah. them. so and then i help him in the uh explaining to him in the investment uh, blueprint a lot he helped me with you know put the book together in terms of the uh the cover and the website and everything else yeah and we become great friends and then he had asked me a lot of questions about, you know, spiritual, you know, I try to know who he is, you know, and I observed him for about a year and the question he asked was deep and and, um, and uh, sincere and I think he's ready. So I I asked him to uh, join me doing the second book, you know, uh, not that I know that he can write all this because he doesn't know, you know, but I want him to involve so I can accelerate his process because I know how the mind works, you know. Mm, mm. And then now we're just completely a different person, you know. And then yeah. six months or nine months ago, he had a hard time with his uh, son. And after the book of love, you know, understanding the lack of love, he said, Peter, I realized I thought I was a good father, but I, based on this, I'm not even close. Yeah. So, and he complaining about his son playing game a lot. How how can I awake him? You know, I say you can awake him. You know, they're young. They don't have a lot of social virus. You know, you just have to teach them the right way. You know. Yeah. And now this kid is just no more game and asking deep questions. You know. Yeah. And that, that's how effective it, it can change. You know. And then he also helped his cousin in Cal in Canada. She mm. was in deep depression. And using some of the stuff in the book, and then now she just become a completely different person, and she helps so many people in her work too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have one student uh, contact me from 
LinkedIn and it was very sweet of him told me that his book changed his life completely, you know. Mm. Yes. So yeah, that's beautiful. And is that um as part of uh with with that sharing, I think um that was the the, the uh, I think it must have been one of the chapters. There was um you talked about the key ingredients for love and I was just skimming over that bit it re again this morning actually and there were some some of my own aha moments, but that's really uh, where you're starting to you get to understand that sort of holistic happiness um, and that the quest and the search comes from within um, and then that sort of helps you move to uh, move on to that you know finding your way home which is coming back to you you've just reminded me then there's actually a, a, a phrase that you actually said hold on two secs I've written it down um, this was the bit the phrase that I love Peter it was once the seed of love takes root the tree of happiness begins its life. Oh yes, yes. It, yeah. just, it just came. <laughs> it just came from upstairs. I'm just. Yeah. A, I'm just a pen, you know, in the God hand. So I know it, it came out for some reason. A lot of things. This book it just came out of it, just like this. So. Yeah, and I think that's. I, I'm glad you sh shared that because that was certainly something that I uh, I have felt when, when when we've connected and then going through the book and those sorts of things was um, there was lots of those for me blinding flashes of the obvious and those aha moments, but there was a lot of uh, deep deep connection or uh, shift or. Um, you know, touching of, of, of elements reading through those books. So it's certainly been um, d divinely guided through uh, with your practical um, nature and those systems and being able to uh, reflect that through there as well. One of the questions that I um, wanted to touch on too um, as it relates to just giving the uh, audience some forward movements um, because I know we're going to get to the end of the show real quick, was you also talked about... Um, helping people to uh, to look up um, and look within versus look looking down. So that, you know, the ability to look up, up, I sort of see it as look up and out to be able to continue forward movement. So that sort of tap, does, is that message of looking up and sort of almost seeing, is that helping people have their, start their journey from a purpose perspective? What's your concept around um, that? Uh, yes, uh, basically, is basically rewind our, uh, again, you know, our belief system the way it was, mm. is creating new operating system. Uh, mm. We have been operating in, in, in the system where we keep look up at other people and look down on other yeah. people. That's where division coming, you know, this is where the division vibe is coming in, you know. They make mm. look up and look down and become an actor of acting out the life order rather than us, you know. Yeah. So yeah. that's why the phrase I was saying, then you know, don't look up and look down. You know, start looking within mm. and go forward. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Much better. Much better said. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And, and and all the answers lie within. You know. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah the answers lie within. And you also talked about, um, and I think this is where um, for me I'm um, from a well I suppose even from a financial and investments perspective I'm probably slightly more. Uh, or less risk averse than lots of other people. I do tend to be a bit of a risk taker. But I love the way that we talked about earlier about risks and mistakes actually helping us have that, you know, have that forward movement. And I've always loved the phrase, you know, uh, fail forward fast, uh, because that's where you get your learnings from. But you've also talked about um, the uh, embracing mistakes 
and you talked about the suffering path, which we sort of discussed quite a bit, but you've also talked about the wisdom path. So can you share that a little bit with us as well, that the wisdom path of converting um, the information into life lessons and forward oh, movement? Oh, yes, yes. The reason why we don't embrace uh, mistake is, you know, because we only think of mistake only in one direction. Actually, mm. mistake have two paths. One mm. is leading to suffering, one lead you to wisdom and meaning of life, you know. Mm. As we say earlier, you know, our fundamental nature is that we are created being and we supposed to take risks and make mistakes, and only through mistakes that we can evolve at what our purpose is, you know. That's our two purpose of human purpose is to evolve, to evolve and to learn, you know, and mm. mistakes. Right. Mm. And the reason why we don't embrace them because you know, uh, we only think mistake in terms of suffering, you know. Mm. Mistake manifest suffering, and we don't learn from that and fear of that, you're avoiding them, you know, brush them mm. under the knee. But if we embracing that and say, okay, this is an opportunity for me to learn, you know, mm. then and lead me to wisdom, then you no longer be afraid of making mistake. You yeah. only welcome them, you know, and then you take a better uh, calculated risk, you know, you don't take crazy risk, you know. Yeah. <laughs> So we're not intelligent about that, you know, so and to move forward, I usually advise people, you know, anchor two things in life is that you are here to learn and embrace mistakes. Mm. If you have those two, it will allow you it become a launch pad for you to cultivate new belief and mindset. Mm. That is the foundation to us to build a new belief system and mindset that allow us to get in back in the right direction, you know. Yeah. And so, and if we say that, for instance, how the application of anchoring learning at our uh, belief uh, operating nature is very powerful in the sense that mm. uh, in the application, say that people have problem with emotional reaction, right? Mm. I'm listening to critic, you know, I say, what can I learn, you know? Mm. And my monkey mind cannot react now because I am thinking, you know. Yeah, yes. You see my point? And yeah. when you do that, you you don't allow that the trigger, the signal to trigger your monkey mind, which is a constant to react, leading to all kinds of trouble, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. So you anchor your light, I'm here to learn, I'm always learning, you know. So when mm. you deal with anyone, you know, say, okay, what do they say? What can I learn, you know? So you're always thinking mm. using the more conscious mind, you know. Yeah. And that, that would delay the emotional reaction. And eventually, yeah. they delayed enough, you can cure your uh, your habit, you know. And, and it's one of the things that I would also want to touch on is that the most coach, uh, self-help coach, uh, they're not successful because they focus only on the offense side of changing the new habit, but not playing defense, you know. Mm, mm. The concept right here, meaning that you want to create new habit, but yet, you have to play defense too, you know, meaning yeah. that if you score one, but your bad habit scored three or four times, you always lose, you know. Yeah. So yeah. the question is, how do you control that, you know? So an early state of cultivating new habit, you, because our habit is still weak and we don't have, uh, we have to rely more on defense, meaning controlling our emotional reaction while we cultivate our new habit, you know, this mechanic mm. of mind work with I. That's very powerful, and you know, in terms of thinking, in terms of changing, you know, you have to play defense 
and, and because mm. our sense is, is basically a receiver of signal. And unfortunately, uh, the world that we live in is just beaming so many negative signals, you know, and yeah. our mind is full of negative viruses, social virus, you know, it's yeah. so disempowering and, and so uninspiring, you know, yeah. and yeah. we don't block it out, then it will activate them, you know. Yeah, would activate them, then, then it would overpower what you try to change, you know. Agreed. And I think that was why I love, uh, we're just coming to uh, to the end of the show, but that was why I really loved the book was because of the practical natures uh, of the way the books are spelled out to sort of really help you see the insights behind that. Certainly realise some of the, you know, monkey monkey processing or those social viruses that we have and the practical tips to move them, move yourself through forward uh, so you can continue to I suppose almost stack those six heads habits on top of each other so that side becomes stronger which is the the um the, the side you were talking about the about the defense and those sorts of things so the best place uh, for people to actually connect with you Peter is is via LinkedIn uh, from memory and people can connect with you on LinkedIn and we're just going to pop up uh, the website uh, just on the ticker there where you can find uh, uh, more on uh, Peter and D Dinesh um, and the book Finding the Way Home. So that's findingthewayhome.org. We're just about out of time. Any small and short closing comments, Peter, but I would love to say thank you very much for joining us and sharing so much wisdom. But any closing well, comments you. from you? Yes, I just want to share with everyone that, you know, that we are very powerful being. Mm. We have not tapped in our potential yet, you know. Mm. And this book would help you, you know, to bring your power back, you know, yeah. and make your life more meaningful, you know. Yeah. And believe that you can do it, you know, because the concept that we install the social right and make us don't believe in ourselves, you know, we're weak and we're evil, those, those kind of concepts that bombarded us, you know, and now we're yeah. completely rewinding our operating nature system, you know, and yeah. then uh, that is people should, you know, look within and they will see how powerful, how beautiful we are, you know. Yeah, and there's going to be one phrase I'm just going to leave people with, which I've highlighted in big, bold letters uh, in my notes, was creating unshakable belief. And that's that unshakable belief in ourselves and in the potential that we have. And on that note, I'd love to say thank you very, very much again, Peter. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to the show and for those listening to the show in the future. Uh, welcome and thank you very much. And we will look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Success Secrets Exposed. Thank you again to Peter. Thank you, Sally. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining us, and I trust that you got some inspirational tips to move you forward. You can find this episode along with many more on your favorite streaming platform such as iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, and more. See you next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time for more Success Secrets Exposed with Sally A. Curtis.